Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 28, recorded December 12th, 2020. I'm your host, Charles Krent. In today's episode, we have some classroom security issues, a locksmith safety reminder, a new Facebook Lock Sport group, some videos I enjoyed, the latest Reddit karate belt counts, criminals, sales, giveaways, and more. You can find the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can find the video version on YouTube. Links to stories discussed in the show will be in the show notes. YouTube and some of the podcast apps limit the length of show notes and my ability to post clickable links. So if you're using one of those, you can always find full links at thelocksportscast.com. I'll start off with a article that came across on one of my searches this week. It was called The Modern Classroom, Taking a Look at Devices to Keep the Campus Secure. And there was an interesting take that this person had. However, keep in mind that this person is uh, so described as a systems design consultant with automated environments. So he has a vested interest in selling automated electronic locking systems. So with that in mind, there was an interesting point he brought up in the article that I hadn't thought of before when thinking about electronic locks. And it kind of relates to in the event of like an active shooter type scenario. Quote, there are devices that flop over a door hinge or you put under a door to keep it from opening, he said. The problem problem with these devices is that you not only lock out potential intruder, but you've also locked the children and teachers inside the classroom. If the intruder starts a fire or sets off explosions, the students can't get out. And it is something to think about. However, most of the devices I've seen are pretty easy to remove from the inside. So, you know, we have some on some of the conference rooms at work and uh, they're pretty simple to remove. Maybe not for a small child, but the electronic lock might not be easy for a small child either. So there's that. But it is an interesting uh, take on it that I hadn't thought of before. It kind of shifts subjects in the middle without context, but I'll just read it here. Let's say an intruder comes and is immediately identified. Staff members can have access to a panic button, which can be on a keychain or a physical location, and it can be pressed and the doors will automatically lock. Vulnerability management is the... Cyclical practice of identifying, classifying, prioritizing, remediating, and mitigating software vulnerabilities. Vulnerabilities management is integral to computer security and network security and must not be confused with vulnerability assessment. And that is exactly the way the paragraph reads. It shifts subjects halfway through the paragraph, and that is the only time in the entire article they talk about vulnerability management or assessment in relation to electronics or software. It's almost like they wanted to touch on it, but didn't like what he said. I don't know. But they only took that little section there. Just seemed really out of place and had no context. Uh, And again, keep in mind that this person's job is to sell these systems. So there's probably an incentive behind what he says, but it is an interesting take and um, 
something I hadn't immediately thought of when dealing with electronic locks. If you're interested, the full article will be linked in the show notes. I'm just going to go over a story that was in the paper from Renton, Washington, that I wanted to use to touch on the uh, issue of locksmith safety. Like I mentioned a few episodes ago, you have to make sure that the scene is safe for you. This one, things turned out good, but, well, I'll just read it and then we'll go over it. Renton, Washington, a 46-year-old man staying at a hotel-turned-homeless shelter in Renton was arrested after allegedly setting his room on fire. The suspect had lived in the hotel for about three weeks and became upset with staff members. Police said the man told hotel staff he was going to burn this place down. He allegedly locked himself in his hotel room on the sixth floor of the hotel, and hotel staff called a locksmith for help. Police stated that as the locksmith and hotel staff approached the room, they encountered thick smoke on the sixth floor and found the suspect standing in the doorway of his room. Locksmith tried to enter the room with a fire extinguisher, but was held back by smoke and heat. Police say the suspect eventually walked out of his room and went outside where he was arrested. Firefighters said a sprinkler controlled the fire. The fire started on a couch and was contained to the room, according to the preliminary arson investigation. However, six rooms were damaged by water and, or smoke, and police said there was extensive smoke and fire damage to the fifth and sixth floors. People staying in the damaged rooms were relocated to different rooms at the hotel. No injuries were reported, thank goodness. Um, but I wanted to just touch on some of the dangers in this situation. This locksmith is going in there. Sounds like the police and firefighters weren't there yet when he got there that suspect that is standing in the doorway with smoke rolling out of the building he is possibly and probably very likely mentally unstable to some point and possibly aggressive in this case it appears that he wasn't but he very well could have been that's a dangerous situation to be putting yourself in even if you are the type who is prepared for that type of possibility, you're probably not legally prepared for that type of possibility. As a locksmith, you don't have the same protections. You personally and your business don't have the same protections as a police officer in the line of duty. So something to consider. Also, the thick smoke. There are very dangerous chemicals in the smoke of fires in buildings. That couch is emitting all kinds of dangerous chemicals in its smoke that you're inhaling. There's a reason why firefighters wear respirators. And maybe you guys can think of some others. Uh, if you can, you can email them or if you're watching YouTube, leave them in the comments below. So the primary concern is always for your safety. If you get yourself hurt, if you go in there and you get yourself hurt, you go from someone that can help others to a victim. And someone else may have to put themselves at risk to try and save you at that point. Always something to consider before you go acting. And on the next level is the safety of others in the hotel. You know, maybe the best course of action at that point is not to get in there, try and get past this suspect, and go in and try and put the fire out when there's already smoke rolling out of the room. Maybe the best course of action is to make sure that people are safely exiting the building. 
make sure that the fire exits are available and people are aware and they're getting out of the building. If possible, you can try and he's not hostile. You could try to, to save the suspect. You know, his safety is still important, but not worth compromising yours. So if he's hostile, if you think there's a risk, you can verbally tell him that he should get out while you make an exit, but I wouldn't uh, try to uh, <laughs> be too aggressive at, at getting him out. And, you know, frankly, the hotel is last. That is the last thing on the priority list. It's always people first, property last. So risking yourself to save property is probably not a good idea, especially if it's not your property and it's insured by the hotel. Get the people out. Get yourself out. Get the hotel staff out. Make sure everything is safe. Let the firefighters do their job. Let you know, and in this case, let the sprinkler system do its job. And Terrell shared a tweet on December 8th from Mike Andrews. And I apologize in advance if I butcher this actor's name. I am not a, uh, I don't watch much TV and I don't pay attention to who actors are. So it says, honest lockpicking by Jensen Ickles in the outtakes for the TV show Supernatural. And he tagged Deviant Olaf and thought it might be useful for training or critique. And then Sherelle shared it with me. And it's an interesting video of the actor. He's supposed to be picking a door to get through. And he appears to be having a... He's actually picking. He's got a turning tool. He's, he's raking. But he's having a difficult time. And they're kind of heckling him a little bit on the set. But he does get it. And he gets through the door. It's, uh, it's an interesting take of what goes on behind the scenes on TV, but they actually, you know, do a, a decent job of portraying picking. So I thought that was interesting. And there'll be a link to that post and the video in the show notes. In community news, a note, I noticed a post by Matt's lockpick on the third said at everyone, I have a Facebook group that's coming up on 1k members. Its sole purpose is promoting yours or others' Locksmith and Locksport videos. So if you want a bit of self-promotion, feel free to join and post as much as you like. The Facebook group is called Locktube, and then in parentheses, Locksport videos. And it is a public group, and I will have a link in the show notes. So you can head over there and check that out if it is interesting for you. And Deadlock sent in a note. Just wanted to let everyone know that the pass around box is now with, uh, I'm not sure, this is a YouTube name, is SGR space A8. I don't know if that's Sagittarius A8 or whatever. Um, in New York. I don't know how I missed him getting it, but it's there now. He says he will announce a giveaway where the pass around box will be passed on. So you can go, I will have a link to that YouTube channel and his video on the box in the show notes if you want to go check it out and check out his channel. Since there wasn't a lot of news sent in this week, I thought I would share a few videos that I found interesting. And I came across these. I shared a couple of them on Twitter, so some of you already know what they are. The first set is by, I believe, I, I can't pronounce all these names, but Sesamo Picking. And he did a couple of videos on 
new tips and tension noses for the Sparrows DD pick. I'll just read the description to his video here. In this video, I show how to create some upgrades for disc detainer pick from Sparrows. This tutorial covers both the creation of tension noses and pick tips, but the tension noses instruction are in the PDF, which is linked in the description. This was all motivated by the great pickers of YouTube. They have been answering my questions and helping me a lot. Special thanks to Daz Evers, Rook Knight, Bosnian Bill, Sparrows, and the entire lockpicking subreddit and YouTube community. It's a two-part video series. The videos themselves are not in English, but if you are an English speaker, there are English subtitles on them, and the PDF is in English, so it's really easy to understand what's going on. I thought it was a great demonstration for those of us who haven't done it before. I also found a video interesting by Chris Capone, and it was how to make a new pick wire. It's a demonstration of how to make a uh, lever lock pick wire with simple tools. He's got the wire, he's got a file and a pair of pliers. It's a really simple process, and I thought he did a good job of demonstrating that. I found that really interesting, so I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. And then Pocket Woman, in relation to an update she sent about the Shoutout Monday series, mentioned a uh, lockpick follower that's lit that was demonstrated being made on a video by Dr. Locke, I believe. And I'll just read the description of the video real quick. So in this video, I will be making a usable lock follower for a locksmith that repens locks in the dark or for older locksmiths that are having trouble seeing that last chamber. Why we did not see this sooner is a big question, as it makes life as a locksmith so much easier if you can see what you are doing. And good lighting is a luxury for a lot of locksmiths that work at night. And it's a really simple design, just using a, a fairly inexpensive pen light that can recharge via USB. And we'll have a little more about that later on in the show. In Karate Belts this week, I didn't see before I recorded any new belts being announced, purple or higher, but we did get a post in the Reddit with the latest Reddit karate belt counts. So I thought I would just go over those real quick. We have currently 740 white belts, 1,199 yellow belts, 1,418 orange belts, 458 green belts, 155 blue belts, 80 purple belts, 44 brown belts, 31 red belts, 40, 44 black belts. So a total of 4,169 belts in total. And I thought it was interesting the rapid increase that we've had in uh, higher belts in recent times, probably in good part due to the uh, lockdowns and stay-at-home motors. People can't get out and do nearly as much as they used to, so probably spend a lot more time sitting around picking locks. But that's just a guess. Now it's time to take a quick break and say thank you to all of you that have made this episode possible. The executive producers for this episode are the Patreon subscribers. We have Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starrylock, and Williams Brain, and To Be Deciphered and I will have links to all of their YouTube channels in the show notes. Content producers for this episode are Cherell, Joshua Gonzalez, HV Logic, Michael Gilchrist, Starrylock, 
and Pocket Woman. And again, links to all of their YouTube channels will be in the show notes. If it weren't for the support of these wonderful people, there would be no podcast to share with you. So if you're getting value out of this podcast, please help support it. Send in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have that's Locksport related that you think the community would benefit from knowing. You can send it to podcast.thelocksportscast.com or just go to thelocksportscast.com and click on the support tab and you can find all of my contact information and the ways that you can help. Don't forget to share the show with your lockpicking friends. You can leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform or a comment and a thumbs up on YouTube. That always helps the algorithm find the videos. You can subscribe or donate on Patreon, PayPal, or buy me a coffee if you wish to support financially. If you support the show with a donation or information that I can use, I will give you a producer credit and a link in the show notes. So be sure to let me know if you want me to link to your YouTube channel, blog, Instagram, Twitter, or anything else that you have. In lockpicking criminal news this week, we have a story from Fort Payne, Alabama. Two suspects arrested for burglary drug charges in Mentone. According to DeKalb County Sheriff's Office, on December 7th, a homeowner called 911 to report that their alarm system was going off. DeKalb County Sheriff's Office and Mentone Police Department found a black Nissan car in the driveway of the residence. The car was allegedly occupied by Christopher Wayne Lloyd and Mary Elizabeth Stoddard, As a result, both were arrested and charged with criminal trespass in the third degree. Deputies said they found methamphetamine, two marijuana joints, a syringe, a 9mm pistol, a lockpick set, and what are believed to be burglary tools after thoroughly searching the vehicle, and marijuana and drug paraphernalia were located on Stoddard. Out of Hendersonville, North Carolina, we have a study entitled Suspect Charged with Hawthorne Hills Burglaries. Henderson County Sheriff's deputies charged Christopher Lamar Victoria of Greenville, South Carolina, with nine counts of theft, breaking and entering, and safecracking after responding to a report of a burglary in progress. While responding to that call, officers were also notified of a larceny of a work truck that had just occurred in the same area. On arriving in the area, they spotted the stolen vehicle traveling east on US 64. Officers attempted to stop the vehicle, at which point the subject jumped from the vehicle and ran. While officers were investigating these two incidents, multiple other incidents were reported in Hawthorne Hills. During the investigation, detectives were able to determine the suspect to be Christopher Victoria, and warrants for his arrest were obtained. Victoria was apprehended in Greenville and taken into custody following an extensive search conducted with the assistance of the U.S. Marshals Fugitive Task Force and Greenville Police Department. In new products this month, we have an email sent out by Packlock announcing the Super RV Lock will be available next month. It's built to replace existing outdoor RV compartments and other cam-style locks with Packlock's rekeyable six-pin cylinder. In sales, we still have the Southor 25% off with the code CHEER25, which is good through December 23rd. Commando Locks Fall 2020 coupon code is good for 15% off all locks and expires on January 1st. The Mako Locks 15% off code by Mako is still good as of this recording. No expiration known on that one. Mako Locks still also has their uh, 
Black Friday special sales up and available on the website. I checked them. They're still working. And I found online that UK Lockpickers has a 10% off code. It's just GIFT. It has no expiration given. I don't know, but it worked right before this recording. So that's UK Lockpickers, 10% off with the code GIFT. All of those will be in the show notes in case you just want to copy and paste. In giveaways, we still have Michael Gilchrist's hashtag Norlin250 giveaway. To enter, you have to submit a video with the hashtag Norlin250 in the title. Pick a lock around your skill level. Tell a story of something positive that has happened to you during the pandemic. Entries must be submitted by December 25th or by the time he reaches 250 subscribers, subscribers, whichever comes second. You can confirm your entry was received by a Google Doc spreadsheet that he has linked in the description of his video. PandaFrog has his hashtag XmasPF2020, where he's giving away a couple of locks, the rules. You must use the hashtag XmasPF2020 so he can find your video. You have to pick a lock in a non-destructive way with the holiday spirit theme. If you don't do Christmas, you may choose a different spirit theme, but you need to explain a little. He wants to learn a little more about it. The giveaway ends December 24th, and he says, stay legal and have fun. Starlock and Pocket Woman are still doing the hashtag shoutout Monday series, where they highlight channels with fewer than 100 subscribers. Pocket Woman sent in another note this week that says, good day, Charles. Hope you and yours are doing well. I have a small addition to the shoutout Monday series prize list. There will be three prizes, so three winners for this month of December. There's going to be the 20-pound Law Lock Tools gift certificate, as usual. The Lockwood 334B45 brass padlock, plus additional pins and blank keys. And a light follower made by Pocket Woman, according to the instructions on Dr. Lock's video that I mentioned earlier. And from her note last week, just a quick reminder, each Monday in December, Starlock and Pocket Woman will be doing two shoutouts each. So that's four shoutouts on a Monday to check out, 16 chances to enter the draw at the end of the month. We will be changing the format slightly in December. They still need to be under 100 subscribers. We both will be selecting an older channel and a newer channel to shout out for December. For all rules to the giveaway, check out the description in any of the Shoutout Monday videos by Starlock and Pocket Woman. And she also says, please let listeners know that requests for shoutouts by others or for your own channel get bumped up the list. So don't be shy to self-promote your own channel for a shoutout if you're under 100 subscribers. And I'll have links to both of their channels in the show notes so you can be sure to subscribe and stay on top of those videos. Charles Builds Crap and Lock Sportscast Pack Lock a Month giveaway is still happening through the end of the year and i'll still have to make a decision on if i can afford to order another set of locks for to keep that one going but i will be doing the draw live for the november pack lock here soon i've been working a lot of extra shifts we have some people going in and out and getting time off because of uh covid quarantine stuff so takes a little extra time out of my schedule, but I promise I will be getting that draw coming as soon as I can. And remember to send me any information you have that's Locksport related, even if you don't think it's important. It might just be the bit of info that I need, if not, no harm done. So 
I want to thank everyone for their continued support and to all the producers who always help to make this show. Please, if you have time, send in some information. It really helps make my job a lot easier. Thank you. And remember, keep it legal. <laughs>